Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome to Tolkien TV Talk, the podcast where three hyped hobbits keep you informed on everything you need to know about the upcoming Lord of the Rings Amazon series. I'm Tim, and with me today is my usual two co-hosts, the wonderful Andrew. Hello. And the magnificent Bo. Oh, call me Bilbo. Oh, I will. <laughs> I will. I, a joke that you will make every episode from now until the show finishes. Yeah, man, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, bravest little podcaster of them all. <laughs> Look, you have to be brave to to co-host with Andrew and myself. You know, we've been mm-hmm. we've been friends since college. You know, so you know, there's this history that you're interloping on. This is almost like a a Frodo Sam dynamic, and you're just coming in, being like, "I'm Gimli." Here I no, am into your no, friendship. No. Yeah. <laughs> Look, let, let me tell you something. I would be honored to be Gimli. I think uh, I think the uh, the dwarves is, has been well documented on this podcast. I'm a big fan thereof. But no, guys, I'm 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 I've got the ability to become best friends with everybody. That's why we're podcasters. That's what we do. <laughs> That's true. We become <laughs> friends with people over the internet. Exactly. It's uh, the magic of, of and of referencing time and space. Uh, referencing the um, Leonard Nimoy Bilbo Baggins song never hurts either. All right, see, my boy got it. You good, oh. good on you. Good on actually, you. Actually, as of recording this, it's the three-year anniversary of, of his death uh, just a few oh, days man. ago, actually. Oh, so think about wow. that. Timely. There you go. Very timely. A moment of silence for Leonard Nimoy. Three, two. Good enough silence for Leonard Nimoy because this is about Lord of the Rings, not about Star Trek. Let's keep going. No, that's right. But he did. But as as was uh, mentioned by Andrew and referenced by me earlier, he did provide a a very Tolkien focused song. Yes, he uh, did. That the internet has uh, has embraced wholeheartedly and will live on far longer than Spock. I, I said it. I uh, oh, that's wow. That I said is. It. That I said is it. Trekkies so... come for me. Yeah, I know. I know. We got some crossover here. <laughs> Wow. I ain't one of you, okay? Star Wars forever. Let's talk some token. Woo. Wow, so much just happened. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Shots fired. Oh. The show we're talking about hasn't even started yet. We don't need the Trekkies angry at us. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. I'm sorry. Live long and prosper. They also uh, have apologize. no reason to be angry at us. This is a show about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Does have... Okay, anyway. So, um... There is no news as of this as of recording this episode. Um, Amazon is pretty Amazon's pretty tight lipped about what they're um, about what they're up to, um, and so there's nothing new to report. But no news is good news. Um, we know the show. We know the show is coming, and actually, in some ways, with no news, that helps with our main topic for today, in which we are going to start our series pitches to one another um andrew you're going first i do believe because i gave you the past if i'm not mistaken we're going in sequential order and tim do you want to like just kind of for for those that may not have uh, listened to the last episode give kind of an overview of what this series is no i don't they have to go backwards um no i (laughs) of course can do that so 
Uh, this series of podcasts is Andrew, Bo, and I in here. Oh, no, you mean the, I know, you mean the Lord of the Rings series. I know what you're talking about. The Lord of the Rings is a trilogy of books that many no, people consider no, one book. No, oh, no, no, wait, I know what series you're talking about. <laughs> the Amazon series, Lord of the Rings. In no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, I get you. So in these particular episodes moving forward, um, Andrew, Bo, and myself have taken it upon us to pitch each other um, what we think the Amazon series, or at least one of the Amazon series, will be about. Um, Andrew received a certain timeline from the beginning of uh, the beginning of time, basically, until <laughs> the dawn of men. Is that what I gave you, Andrew? Um, or what did I give you? Oh, no, I gave you until no. the third age. I gave you the first yes. two ages. Mm-hmm. So Andrew has the first two ages, which are encompassed mostly in the similar, uh, Silmarillion, um, I have such a hard time saying that. Um, and then I have the I have the time between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings somewhere in there. And then Bo will have post Lord of the Rings. I'm looking forward to it, man. I've already got notes for mine. <laughs> oh, I haven't even started. Uh, man, um, between two jobs and grad school and getting married, I I. I'm surprised I have. I'm surprised I'm sitting here. So, uh, <laughs> so let us get into. Let's get into Andrew's pitch. Tell us in excruciating detail because my throat hurts and I don't want to talk anymore. What your pitch is, please? Okay. Um, well, as excruciating as thirty minutes will allow us. Um, now, I, we all have a bit of a challenge. Um, only different challenges for each of our time. Uh, selections. Um, mine, I think, is there are a ton in the Silmarillion of really fantastic plots with very limited detail about any of them individually. Um, mm-hmm. So I've sort of tried to narrow it down a bit. Um, it could have been anything from um, sort of talking about, which would be really cool, like Melkor and Ungoliant getting the spider in there because giant spiders are always terrifying. Um, but I think the most likely stories from this period would be um, Baron and Luthien. Um, one, because it's a fantastic story. Um, and two, because it's actually the most recently published as a standalone story with the um, book that was published last year, um, compiled by uh, Christopher Tolkien, um, which tells the story and sort of has a developed over the years um as it connected with the rest of the legendarium so i think uh, that's probably so, the oh, go ahead yes. uh, go finish your sentence go ahead oh it was probably the most likely of the stories from the silmarillion um with the possible exception of the children of huron um hold on i want to i want to stop you there for a second can you recap what the story of baron and luthien is about for those who do not know yeah, not, not a bad idea. I was just about to, so this works out really well. Oh, um, well, aren't we just <laughs> on the same page then? All right. High five from across the internet space. All right. Awesome. Um, so the basic sort of idea of the story of Baron and Luthien, um, you have combination of a star-crossed love type thing um, with one being mortal and one being an elf so that's 
the sort of thing we get touched on in the Lord of the Rings films, especially with um, Arwen and Aragorn. Um, and so it's a, it, there'll be a you know symmetry there, um, which would be nice. Um, but then you also have the sort of adventure type plot um, with um, Luthien's father um, generally disapproving of their love interest, um, sort of imposed on Baron an impossible task that he might that he must perform. Um, the sort of main point of it is that he must steal back a Silmaril from Morgoth. So this. There's the, uh, the you know, the basic thing, you know, there's adventuring and all sorts of fighting going on and then their love story throughout the entire thing. Um, and it's one of the most beautiful stories of the Silmarillion um, and out of the, you know, out of that age in general. Um, and it shows up in several forms, most notably in you know, poetry, very beautifully written. Um, and I think this would be, you know, uh, one of the problems with a lot of these stories, unfortunately, though, is um, that a lot of the great stories in the Silmarillion are all really depressing. <laughs> None of them have a happy ending, um, really, because they all sort of leave us with the state of things at the beginning of the Third Age, which is you know, all right, but the ring's missing and it's all, and there's not a lot of closure until Return of the King. So it's lots of negative things keep ending these stories. Hmm. Um, but there's certainly a lot of work here. I mean, you've got an entire quest built in. Um, and again, it was recently published. So there's more likely that it's in the minds of sort of the people on the production end of it. Um, now, do you th now can Amazon has the rights to Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, and so they technically can't adapt that particular book, right? Because Baron and Luthien are mentioned in the appendices, which is how we know they can they could kind of work within yes the Silmarillion. Well, you're, you're treat. I mean, the question is, is is it about stories or characters? Like, I think we we see right. we see these things through the lens of. Um, you know the 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 Marvelification of everything, where where <laughs> uh, you know what characters are owned by what company determines who can show up where at any given time. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if that's just a Marvel thing. You know what I mean? Like it's, it could just be that the stories are a no go, but perhaps the characters are because they're part of the grander Tolkien universe. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot will depend on. I, I haven't personally seen how that's being interpreted. Um, I don't think any of us have. I don't think that's been really talked about much um unless i'm very much mistaken but their inclusion in the appendices and their being mentioned in the lord of the rings um was is another thing that i think would make them a bit more likely and the kernel of that story is in those appendices if i remember correctly as well so mm -hmm. there's room for adaptation there and that it's one of the sort of interesting things about this um there's plenty of room in any of the stories from the first and second ages that have room for interpretation and embellishment um, because what has been written and especially what's included in the appendices is very limited, um, usually only to maybe a couple of pages, sometimes a little more, but certainly not Lord of the Rings level 
um, expansion on these plots. Um, and well, let me tell you something there. Uh, uh, was it uh, was it Andy? Andy was it? <laughs> He is not the kid from Toy Story. I've no, made that no, the kid before. from Toy Story. No, I know he's not the kid from Toy Story. He's here. He's pitching this here uh, show to me, Mister Mister <laughs> Amazon showrunner, blue blue light, blue check, get verified, green lighter of all things Amazon Prime. And I'm telling you right now, kid, you're talking gibberish to me. Tell me, I want I want action. I want love. I want passion. I want to see uh, the skies raining with all kinds of amazing things and dragons and such. Tell me, win me over. What is going to make your story sing? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just laughing at that amazing voice. Um, <laughs> this is your pitch meeting, son. Let's get it right. Okay. Well, starting off, you've got that big quest, and it's a quest for an unattainable object from a great evil. You're overcoming incredible challenges, monsters, and... Um, it's all for love. It's a classic story. Oh, I love it. All right, green light this thing immediately. $5 billion. Oh, goodness. <laughs> you are a friendly producer. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Greenlight, I've told you, you're not allowed in here. You please go back out to the sidewalk where you belong. You do not have clearance. You, I'm you... sorry. I'm sorry. I just Can I get some change for the bus? You got any booze around here? I don't know what's going it's, on. It's Hollywood. Of course we do. We <laughs> we have all the booze, but no change. Get out. So here's the question, though. Like, who who is who's our everyman? Who's actually pulling us into this story? That's a bit of a tricky thing. It's, and that's going to be a tricky thing for most of these stories is that you're really dealing with a lot of immortal elves. There, there isn't right. one. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess Baron would be the closest, but he's still not exactly, you know, Bilbo or Frodo. He's yeah. Well, I mean, but in every man, it doesn't as you just said, basically said, in every man doesn't have to be human, like Bilbo or a man or a man. Right? Exactly. Bilbo and Frodo are not human; they're hobbits. So, but oh, yeah. they, but, but hobbits like comfort and so do people and so you go oh i get you i get your world you know mm -hmm. where we're told right away like oh they like things and being at home and stuff i also like things and being at home so <laughs> if so if we can take if you can take that and give some, an audience something to attach to uh, they don't necessarily have to be male or or human mm -hmm. they can be an elf i think that's i think that's that's more than fine, um, but I think you're right. But the 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 Silmarillion is tons of stories, but none of them, but none of, but it's so sprawling that yeah. it, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to play with you're gonna have to play with the story. Um, mm. The first couple of chapters are it is it's all creation and this person begot that person and then we made this and this and this and this and then it's a lot of talking and then somebody kills somebody and you're like oh i can't believe it took that long to get there and you know so <laughs> well so that's the thing would you lean into the kind of the uh the the more spiritual religious aspects of of the uh, middle earth creation myth so to speak i mean i think that i mean th there's a reason why i sort of entirely skipped the song of the Ionur and the creation of the Maiar and all of that. Cause it's, it's cool, but I don't know if 
I don't know how much of a show could be made out of it. Like, mm. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that could be shown in like background things or, you know, sort of, you know, someone could talk about bits of it. It could be peppered in because I think it is important um, and into, you know, sort of increasing the depth of the world that we're talking about. Because while it is sort of technically still Middle Earth, it's not the Middle Earth that we're all familiar with through the, you know, film adaptations of The Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, for example. And that is, if we're being realistic, where a lot of people are going to be coming to the TV show from. Um, obviously, you'll have plenty of fans of the books as well who will be more familiar with the first and second ages. But if you're wanting to draw people in, you're going to need to show that it is still a very deep world. And mm. I, I mean, just as an example from the Peter Jackson films, how he would have things like, you know, um, murals or tapestries in the background that show things from their past or show things, you know, I mean, a, Rivendell was a fantastic example of this where you've got, you know, scenes painted in the background of things from the second age of, you know, um, Isildur and all that, you know, these great stories are hinted at, especially in the theatrical version. They go into more detail in the extended, obviously, but um, these things are shown in the background and it gives more depth to the world. And I think there's an opportunity in, you know, having these things peppered in where it could be mentioned in ways or shown in ways um, that would acknowledge its existence without being the focus of the show. And I think that would be a good sort of nod to let's say the song of the iron or whatever um sort of more of those more spiritual aspects which wouldn't necessarily huh. make a good focus if that makes sense all right well all right so let me ask you correct me if i'm wrong but the so gandalf is technically he's a, a like he's a Maya. eternal yeah, yeah 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 like before he he took on kind of the form that he's in he was kind of this like eternal angelic being correct Mm-hmm. So would it be possible for him to be active during this this era? Um yes, I the, the, um, the, I'm trying to think of I'm trying to remember where exactly the Istari came in. Um that's I a, mean like with creative license being what it is. But I mean, it like, could be well, you know, yeah, I mean if you look at the Hobbit movies, you can put him wherever you want, I guess. And uh, Yeah, actually, well actually, so so could could like that be almost like a like a lead in. Maybe this is like Gandalf's quote unquote origin story as it were. Or like a young Gandalf, uh, you know, again quote unquote young Gandalf or something of that nature. Right. Well, I mean the the these the the five wizards or are all Maiar, and they took the form of elderly men by choice. And so you could potentially have Gandalf be whatever you wanted to be until that right. moment right. where they become men. Because, but then you also this is this is really actually this is really cool because then you could also have Sauron because Sauron is also a Maiar, and so. You, See now that's interesting right there. So yeah, then yeah, yeah. you could you could have this story of. Gandalf and Saruman and Radagast and Sauron before they before they became um, their choice. So maybe your lead in characters like aren't necessarily like they're the human esque in some way, but to watch like the rise of Sauron under Morgoth mm-hmm. and then to watch the like the formation 
of wizards and all that. That could be really cool. And as you say, they don't, I mean, they could be, they could take the form of anything because they like, they they could do a complete gender swap if they wanted to. They could be, they could be (laughs) dwarves. They could be dwarves. No, 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 they wouldn't be. No, they wouldn't be. Well, now they're starting to sound like Time Lords, and I'm on board with that. Um, um, But if you want to talk about that kind of stuff as well, um, you also have sort of the second age story. Everything we've been talking about right now before was the first age. Um, But there's also the sort of second age story with the falling of Numenor, um, where you've got... um, more fighting with Melkor. Um, this is where Sauron actually shows up, um, at least more obviously. Um, and you get some names that we've, you know, more familiar with. You get um, Elendil, and you get Isildur and Anarion, and you get the founding of Gondor and Arnor at the end of it. So, I mean, that that would be another sort of interesting option, again, which is all in the appendices of The Lord of the Rings. And mentioned throughout um the three books there um so it's certainly another really interesting option with a lot of room for interpretation that can spread it out without making it dull um and so that would you know be more of that sort of thing that you guys were just talking about with uh, you know more room for you know sort of including characters that we're more familiar with, though perhaps not in the forms we're familiar with them. Do you think that alienates an audience, including characters they're familiar with, but not in the form they usually get them? Uh, it depends on how it's handled. Um, I certainly think that it has that potential, but it also um, has room there for, for those people who are less familiar for being sort of that surprise near the end of it. As you said, you know, before they even took the form of, let's say before he took the form of Gandalf, as we know him, um, because he is a Maiar, he wasn't always an old man. Um, this old man, he is Gandalf. <laughs> do, 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 do. Well, go ahead. So, go so, ahead, I, so here, here's what I would say to that. Um, I think that utilizing uh, characters that people that, that are household names is a big benefit, right? Like, you know, yes. the the Lord of the Rings franchise. Just that title alone, yes, that gets people's attention. But it's not compelling enough if you start throwing at them a bunch of kind of fantasy names that they're not going to resonate with. Yeah. Now, if you position it like, you know, young Gandalf. Now, hardcore Tolkien fans are going to, like, tear just that concept <laughs> apart. <laughs> but it makes it relatable. And it's going to be, un- like, it's going to be obvious to anybody to, to, to know what they're doing with that. On top of that, if they did decide to go bold and, you know, cast, say, a young woman to play young Gandalf, think about when Thor... Was uh, this wasn't even like a year or two ago when uh, what was it? Jane become became the new Thor, right? And like all mm-hmm. of a sudden there was just like all this like national attention on the Thor comics, <laughs> which there had not been in like forever because you know people forever. were like, oh, this is the greatest thing, or oh, this is the worst thing. Like there was this big conversation, and in in the world where no press or, or no press is bad press and, and all press is good press, I think it would definitely be something that would kind of you know get people's attention they would want to tune in even people that would be adverse to that concept would want to tune in just so they could you know disagree with it uh but but do so knowledgeably you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so you know if it it you would have a great opportunity to get everyone's attention and if you provided a just you know 
uh, absolutely out of the park pilot to boot with all of these other characters that go along and, you know, get, you know, do some, some really stellar casting on who this young Gandalf is going to be like, man, that, that, that could fly. That could work. Yeah. And then you also, of course, have the immortals. So you've got, um, Galadriel is around at this time. Yeah. Oh yeah. You've got, um, Elrond is around at this time. So, I mean, those are names that people will remember. Um, those are characters who, you know, have a lot of staying power. Um, and they're around at this time because they're elves. So, it, yeah. I mean, it, they can show up as well just as easily. Um, Elrond especially because he was very involved in the events of the Second Age especially. So if you're showing that kind of stuff, then there's room for him. Um, so there's definitely a lot of room for... Um, sort of having a lot of new characters, but with a lot of old familiar characters as well um, to sort of ease people into it um, and sort of create that sort of connection to the stories that have already been adapted. I'm going to throw this into, like, I, I know that, like, even just that as a concept, right, of, like, messing around with the timeline and messing around with the source material will probably put some hardcore... Tolkien fans off, including oh, yeah. like the exact audience that would tune into a podcast about the television show years before the television show comes out. Like, oh yeah, I, anyone who's listening now is going to be really upset with what we're saying, right? Well, well, but, I'm not, but you know, we're just saying it. We're not even necessarily agreeing with it. We're just no, no. I'm, what I'm yet. thinking through is like from a standpoint of what what does what what is gen- like what how do they position this for general audiences you know what i mean like yeah. they can't build this thing solely for tolkien hardcores like they they have to appease us they have to create something that we like that we can sign off on but they also have to do something that's going to like really resonate with general audiences i mean this mm-hmm. they they are trying to create i mean like it is there there's make no mistake they want to create a game of thrones killer like that's what they want to create Right. Yeah. Well, not even that's not even necessarily a killer because Game of Thrones will be wrapping up as this is still in the process of being made. So right, right. But, but, but you I know what I'm saying, I, though. Like, right. They want to forget come Game of and... Thrones. Lord of the Rings is where it's at. You know, <laughs> exactly. Game of exactly. what? Yeah. I think I think you've you raised a good point, and we've kind of danced around it a little bit already. But I I wonder is anybody really like our large number is going to tune in to Lord of the Rings and not have seen the films. Are you going to be, is somebody going to be scrolling through Amazon and being like, Oh, Amazon prime has a new television show. Oh, it's about magic. You know, I never saw those other Lord of the Rings films, but I guess I'll try this first. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Man, Lord of the Rings was a long time ago. There Mm. are, there are new younger audiences that I, I guarantee that will be this, this series will be their first introduction to the franchise. Yeah. yeah do you think definitely. do you think it's the main audience for the for them though or do, is that what I think are it's they, the desired are audience they, are, for it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. so the desired audience is not oh my god, I love Lord of the Rings and I love Tolkien. It's hey, Amazon's doing a new show and I trust Amazon. I'll check it out. Yeah, look, dude, the OMG it's another Tolkien thing. Like that's their bread and butter. That's the guaranteed. We're showing up regardless of anything right they can make the craziest announcements known to man and we'll still show up because we want to know what they're doing with this franchise that's right so they Mm -hmm. you know and they they have to appease us they have to make us happy but at the end of the day they also they're they're trying to set up this franchise you know they're trying to breathe new life into this franchise and go after new audiences now you can do that 
Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ruffle all kinds of feathers. You can do that in the prequel way, or you can do that in the Force Awakens way. You know, you know I, what I mean? I was thinking it. I'm glad that you said it, because the, what they're doing is basically what Star Wars had to do at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, What's well, the decision that Star Wars had to make? Like, mm-hmm. So what Lucas did with the prequels in, in creating a, a franchise for a younger generation, uh, he succeeded in many respects. I know a lot of... Uh, people who the prequels were their first introduction to Star Wars. They loved the prequels. Uh, they they got really engrossed into you know the Clone Wars and the the cartoon, the the Rebel series, and all that kind of thing. So it you know it it worked to kind of pull them into the franchise. Although at the same time, it kind of alienated the existing fan base. So they so Lucas traded the existing fan base, knowing they would show up anyway, to focus on this brand new fan base. With Force Awakens, they wanted to create a new generation of Star Wars fans while also paying homage and speaking directly to those who came before. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, which approach is the right way is up to interpretation. I would argue that The Force Awakens is a a much preferred way that I would like to see them go in terms of paying homage to what came before and kind of, you know, making sure that everything is in order – while also telling compelling stories that will resonate with a modern generation and an upcoming generation of potential fans. Yep, I think you're right. But at the same time, by you saying that, looking at say audience and critic scores for the prequels versus the um, the new trilogy, I think mm-hmm. you're seeing um, like I think I don't know if 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 the new trilogy way of doing things is exactly the right way um, because the say what you will about the prequels. Well, I'm but talking like, about the force awakens at just the moment. The force awakens, yeah. So I guess I'm, I'm really talking more phantom menace approach versus force awakens approach. Ah, Okay. Then, then yes, I agree with you, but then I also think it's important to, I think it's important to then adjust and move forward and try new things. Oh, prequels yeah. and prequels are always harder. Because you have to uh, a sequel, you can you can kind of do whatever you want in a respect because you don't have to lay the groundwork for things that are to come next. Um, You know, you don't have to be like, oh, there's a ranger in the north. I won't tell you his name. Wink, wink. (laughs) You know, like you don't have to do stuff like that. You can just do a new story. Um, and so by going this Andrew's pitch route, the, you know, the diving into the similar and there, there, there's a really, they have a, they have a tough road ahead, but Mm -hmm. our time is up. We're going to leave it there for today. Andrew, thank you for your pitch. Glad to give it. It was a lot of fun. Excellent. Okay. So does anybody have any business that they would like to do before we wrap up? Um, I just would like to encourage folks to check out uh, some of the other podcasts that I do. Uh, Flash TV Talk, we talk about the uh, the television superhero The Flash, as well as Country Squire Radio. If you are into pipes, pipe tobacco, and uh, Hobbit weed, we got you covered. Check out CountrySquireRadio.com for that. Cool, cool. And uh, Bo, while we are on you, where can the people find you? You can also uh, tweet me at the real Bo York. Um, I, I just in in review, I bashed the prequels as well as Star Trek. Um, so all of your angry <laughs> tweets, do not punish these these fine gentlemen for what I said. You can send all of those directly to me at the real Bo York. 
And uh, no, I don't actually bash. I just throw snowballs with love, not, not rocks and not the yellow kind. I'm throwing friendly balls. snowballs, mm-hmm. lobbing them up. So uh, feel free if you want to lob right on back that you keep them of the snowball friendly variety. But uh, yeah, at the real Bo York. Very good. And Andrew, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at my new Twitter account at Mithrandir Risen. Figured I should make something a bit more Lord of the Rings. Um, and then I'm also on our Discord, uh, Tolkien TV Talk. Um, so hopefully I'll see some of you guys there. Very good. Uh, and you can find me uh, on Twitter at TimothyPG13. You can also check out ThoughtBubbleAudio.com for all other ThoughtBubble Audio shows, including but not limited to Supergirl TV Talk Academy, Rewind, Beer with Geeks, Hate Watch with Us, and Starkville's House of Hell, Krypton. Uh, you can also email the show at TolkienTVTalk at gmail.com, and you can head over to the Twitter, which is, Bo, take it away, Twitter is TolkienTVTalk, right? At Tolkien TV Talk is the place to do it. I'm at the real Bo York. Very good. Okay. Oh wait, I'm sorry that we were. I thought we were all saying our Twitter handles. Oh. I didn't mean to like give an extra plug. That's My okay. Bad. We you did, and you already said your Twitter handle. You just really yep, yep, want yep, yep. followers. It's okay. That's okay. Follow me, please. I'm not desperate or anything, but 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 please. That's okay. <laughs> um, so, My account's new, so you know, <laughs> follow me more. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Follow, unfollow, then follow again. Um, <laughs> It'll make my day. Yeah. Um, I'm fine. You can do whatever you want. Um, you can also you can also expect uh, a brand new episode of this show, a little mini-series of sorts, where uh, I have a guest star coming in to break down the, Sil- uh, the Silmarillion a little bit at a time. Uh, and so... If you are confused about anything that we talked about today and you want to know more in depth but do not have the time to read The Silmarillion or you find it very confusing, uh, we are going to break that down for you over the next couple of months because it is long. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that is that is coming your way soon. So that is all the wrap-up from all of us. So until next time. Come you fools! <laughs>